Hi, and welcome to the Musicians Real Talk podcast. Musicians Real Talk is a podcast that touches on the lives, accomplishments, trials, and struggles of musicians in the Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area, commonly known as the DMV. It is my hope the conversation in the podcast will touch some area of interest to you, but more than anything, be food for thought in your musical journey. A journey that each of us take to eventually settle on two things, produce good music and be solid musicians. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, and welcome to Musicians Real Talk. I'm your host, Glenn Douglas, and today I will continue with part two of my conversation with Wes Sugar Biles. Wes is an upright and electric bassist here in the DMV area who's filled with wonderful stories about his journey through this thing called music. Our conversation will cover his experiences in Boston, as well as his extended stopover in Washington, D.C., what would eventually become home. We will also discuss the definition of professionalism. Everyone enjoy part two of my conversation with Wes Sugar Biles. So, Wes, uh, after leaving Nashville, Tennessee, uh, you went to college. Uh, and, and what school did you go to? And when? What was your major? I majored in economics. Economics. Okay. And that's a story, too. So, tell us the story about how you, being a musician, got into economics. I had a lot of music in high school. A lot of theory. Uh, another teacher, the choir director, was... William Lathan, and he also was the organ player at my church. So he could see I was musically interested. So he said to me, why don't you take a couple of my courses in theory? I said, I don't need no theory. He said, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. So who do you think you're talking That's right. Who, yes, you do. Now, he was a baritone, old man river guy, to say, and he was unbelievable. Right. And he taught, the, he was the choir director. So I took a couple of his courses. And it was hard. See, bass players are sometimes labeled as lacking in musical skills. Like drummers are sometimes considered okay. lacking in musical skills. Okay. And he said, you can't allow that. You got to know as much as the piano player. You got to know as much as the clarinet player. That's right. Doom, 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 doom. Ain't all the music. It's you're the foundation. Man, he was. The, the bass is the foundation. He was so right. Yeah. So I took music theory and whooped my ass, man. But <laughs> it also let me know that academically, music wasn't the only thing I was interested in. I was interested in business and finance and stuff like that. Ah, and I had a mother who was worried that I was going to starve to death. If I was going <laughs> I was going to be a mu- out that starve and uh, be a dope addict. Right. Right. And and that bothered me that she was so concerned about that. Because that well back in that that era, era that's that, that, era, that was what was happening, man. That's what, what that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. So, when I went to college, I didn't know what I I didn't declare a major until my sophomore junior year. And I found out that economics was, a, was everybody hated it. They did right. poorly in it. And for some crazy reason, I did well in it. So I said, okay. I'm going to stick with this. Stick with that, and man. I minored in music. 
and my master's in economics. So where did you go to get your master's? I went to BU and got a master's, and I went to MIT and got a second master's. Got to be more careful, dude. And I whooped their ass. I hear you. I hear I you. I loved it, man. I hear you. And, the, and all that time I was in Boston, man, all this music that's in Boston, man, I was, I was all, I never left the connection. So I take it that while you were in Boston, you did a lot of playing while you were Oh, yeah. Boston. I was at Berkeley five times a week playing. <laughs> yeah. I, and the, and the, the duplicity of interest kept me interested in everything. Because right. I could do both things. Right. So my first master's, I finished BU in 72. And I finished... And I did very well. A, a professor of mine started teaching at MIT, called me up and said, Wes, you ought to try this program too. Because my first master was in urban economics. My second master's was in econometrics, which is the math for economics. Oh, dude, man. And he said, just like, well, I think you would like this. Because if you do this, Wes, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> I said, I done heard that before. <laughs> I heard that before. But MIT was scary. I finished, Greg. I finished. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I finished. Yeah, yeah. I finished. Yeah. And I so when I finished that program, I went to work for Boston, the city of Boston mm-hmm. and had a great job playing every night. Right. Playing every night with the same cast that was doing what they did. Yeah, that is cool. And that's how I got yeah. so enthralled. Yeah. So, Wes, what brought you to the DMV Crazy. This is, I, mean, I got so many crazy stories. I got a job in Atlanta, working for the mayor of Atlanta as an economic advisor. But I had about two or three weeks before the job started. I have a nephew that lived here, my oldest brother's son. So I said, well, I'm going to go on toward Atlanta and, and stop in D.C. for a little while. Right. Because I heard about all these pretty black women and this all I heard all these stories. And I had been here several times gigging. Right. But I never stayed here too long. So I called my nephew and said, I'm can I stay, you know, hang up in DC for a while. Cause I'm going to Atlanta to this job. He said, Yeah man, you'll love it. Okay. So I did that. And while I was here, I met this cat named H. Q. Thompson. I went to a party or a crab feast. I'd never eaten crabs in my life. <laughs> and I met this piano player named H.Q. Thompson, who was one of the cats involved with uh, Sounds of Blackness. Okay. Mm-hmm. His sister was the lead singer. So I met him at a crab feast. He said, so we talking, he talking. He said, man, I'm, I'm doing this play, this musical, and we ain't got a bass player yet. Why don't you take the audition? I said, man, I'm going to Atlanta. He said, well, just take the audition and do something. So I said, all right, all right, what the hell? I went to the audition and took the audition. The next day, the folk called me. No, I got a call, and this lady said, this is uh, um, the producer for the play, and we like what you play. Uh, you got the job. I said, what job? <laughs> so you got the job as a bass player for Black Orpheus. That was the play. Wow. Now... And I said, well, who is this? And she said, uh, oh, shit. 
What's the, what's what's the girl's name that that was uh, Bill Cosby's wife on the Cosby Show? Uh, uh, Felicia. Felicia Rashad. This is Felicia Rashad. I'm producing the show. I said, who? <laughs> she said, uh, you got the job. The play lasted five years. Oh, well. They still Atlanta. calling me to say, "Are you coming to Atlanta?" <laughs> <laughs> That's how I stayed here. Right. I played that show for five years. This is 76. Yeah. After that show ended, I went, I got a job at DC government as an economist. Oh, but I rode that show. It was beautiful, man. Oh, Plus yeah. I'm on the, you know, I'm going all around the world playing with that show. Oh, Black man, Office, cool. man. That is cool. Man. That's how I ended up here. Wow. So you retired from the D.C. government? After 25 years in the mayor's office. Wow. Now, story about the mayor. He went to, he got his master's from Fisk. Told you I was a paper boy. Right. My Monday through Thursday position was in front of the Fisk. Now, I'm a kid. I'm 13 years old, 12 years old. Was in front of the Fisk Student Union selling papers. On Friday and Saturday, I went to the Grand Ole so He was at Fisk getting his master's. One, I don't know him from shit. Right. I don't know him. He got dashikis and shit on. He walks past me one day. I said, you want to buy a paper? He said, eh, maybe. I said, I said to Marion Barry, who I didn't know was Marion Barry, <laughs> either you do or you don't. <laughs> so he says to me, okay, tell me what the headlines. I said, well, I sell papers. I don't, <laughs> I, don't read them. I don't read them. He says, well, when you read them and tell me what the headlines are, I'll start buying papers from you. I said, so he walks on. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> now, he was getting his master's in chemistry at right, this. Right. So the next day he comes by, I can't wait for this one. I said, the headline is the da 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 He said, that's how you start your own business. He bought a paper. Bought a paper every day till he graduated. Now, it's just another person. I sold papers to other folks. But because of that exchange, I remembered him. When I started working in the mayor's office, I still didn't know this was who he was. I'm in my office one day, he walks by the door, and he looks in, and he keeps walking. The next time he walks by the door, he looks in, and he keeps walking. I said, what's wrong with this man? And this man, he walks by the door about the, this is like two weeks later, and he walks in my office. Now I'm in his office. Right. He says, paper boy. <laughs> that is so cool, man. That is my admiration for him went up like this. Wow. He said, you know what the, the headlines is today? This is 20 years old. Right. I'm 12, 11, 12 years old. I'm 30 now. Right. He says, paperboy, Nashville, Tennessee. Glenn, you know how impressive that is? Yes. I can only imagine, man. You like 
just can't remember me from all the way back. And I didn't really associate him with. And when he said that, I could see him in the dashiki. Right. Wow. Wow. 25 years later, out of time. So, so Wes, I'd, I'd like to uh, switch gears here for a moment. Um, I have this idea where I believe that most working musicians, uh, they have what I call a hustler spirit. Uh, and it's, it's very clear to me that early on in your life, you had adopted this hustler spirit. So I want to ask you, um, how would you define uh, the hustler spirit from a music musician's point of view? It really is. And see, it's being a musician is not enough to have that. No, I said that wrong. Being able to play music mm-hmm. is not enough to have that. Right. No, well, and, and expand. Okay, because see, There's no sick leave. There's no annual leave. Right. There's no evaluation for you to get to the next level when you're a full-time musician. And I equate it to a very simple process. The early bird gets the worm. See, if you don't get up, if you don't get to the gig on time, if you don't get prepared then you're not first, second, third, fourth call king. That's right. Very true. Very true. Very true. Uh, you're not. You're not. You're not. Playing how well you play is not enough to have hustle. You know, I, I, I like to think of it like this, and I tell people, I said, you know, um, if you're early to the gig, you're on time. You're on time. If you're on time, you're late. You're late. If you're late, you was not going to get the call again. I wouldn't. Right. See, I wouldn't. And it also depends. This is what some cats misunderstand. The instrument you play has a direct relationship to what time you get to your gig. Now, a saxophone player who just takes his horn out and comes and play, still can't come 20 minutes for the gig. You got to warm up. The uh, you got to do what you got to do to get ready to play. Right. Right. You do. It's that simple. simple. It's that simple, man. Yeah. And that's what makes the hustle phenomenon understandable. See, you can't be a true hustler if you don't understand the ingredients that makes you Hustle. Hustling is doing everything that it takes for you to be right. above the next. See, don't think there ain't another bass player out here. <laughs> right. <laughs> A shiny instrument don't get you gigs. Right. It's your practice that gets you. And 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 it's not just see, it's not just your ability to play. It's your ability to play plus these other 12 things that right, go with. Right. Being a musician isn't just about going going to gigs. Being a full being a full-time musician is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Is a lifestyle. Um, 
And so, Wes, when you hear when you hear me make that kind of statement, what does it mean to you? Well, see, let, let's 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 first examine, and there's so much to this, man. What the terms mean? Gig. What does that term mean? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You know, I'm going to ask this question. I'm going to ask this question, man. Uh, because I hear people say, say, yeah, I've got a gig, but then I have some people say, I have a, you know, I, I got a job to do. I'm getting ready to go out here and do this job. For you, is there a difference between what, what, what? a gig and a job? <laughs> <laughs> see that okay, and, and see you, you you have to be at this a while to even give it some thought because it's such a nomenclature of reference to what we are connected to that oftentimes the terms are used and there's no thought given to what Very you true. mean when Very you true. say it now, now here's my here's my thing Somebody will say to me, well, Wes, where are you playing at? Now, I want to be polite, right. but I'm really offended <clears throat> by you saying, where am I playing at? Because I ain't playing nowhere. I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And, and, and they don't mean no harm by saying that. Or they may say, if they're really entwined in the musical nomenclature. Where are you gigging at? Well, and I take that for them to mean where are you performing? Right. But musicians kind of use it a little different. I got a gig. I got to work. What's the difference? Or do I associate a diff- difference to the two? Okay. Mm-hmm. My solace is I'm working. That's the term that relates to what I do as a professional musician. Right. Okay. Among musicians, I would use the term gig to to mean that's where I'm working. But I never use the term playing. Because that ain't what I'm doing. No, it's not working. I'm working. <laughs> say you're a lawyer or an accountant. Right. When somebody says, oh, hey, uh, J.W. Scott, uh, where you playing at? <laughs> <laughs> They would have a fit. Right. Because it's disrespectful of what they do. Now, I know the term is used loosely, and the person that says this may not know right. that they're offending you, but you wouldn't say that to a minister. Right. Reverend Johnson. Where you rapping at? Where you rapping at? <laughs> <Sunday>. <laughs> You wouldn't say that to them. So the education of the difference may not be easily 
disseminated among the man. Because, see, people that hear the word gig, they never heard that word before until they round musicians. And once they become familiar with a few musicians and learn that nomenclature, they'll use it interchangeably. Hey, you know, because it makes them sound hip. That's it. It's, it you know, hey. Where you gigging at? Where you gigging at, man? Now here's the difference. That's important to me, which may be a little offensive to some musicians. It makes a difference who I'm playing with as to what I may call that word. Because not everybody that I work with on a job brings the same kind of excitement or preparation. And I know there are some musicians that I've worked with that have less of a degree of proficiency than others, but it's work. Right. It ain't necessarily a gig. It ain't necessarily a gig. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay? Right. It's right. work. It's what full-time musicians do that makes them full-time musicians. Now, some musicians that just gig will be very selective as to who they may who they work with. Work with. Or, or some musicians that just gig, it's, well, hey, look, man, you know. Or it's, they kind of, it's almost like a loose. It's right. That's right. Kind of that's right. And see, yeah. even some musicians that just gig, only do that with limited amount of musicians. That ain't working. That's just gigging. That's just gigging. I get you. Okay. I get you. Right. I mean, it's good. Yeah. That, that is. It's a. It's a significant difference. But I'm a working full time musician. So Wes, how would you define professionalism? It's such a layered answer because do I know all my modes? Do I know all my inversions? Do I know all my progressions? That's not professionalism. That's one tick of what adds up to being a professional musician. Your demeanor, your dress, your punctuality, your reputation, your consistency. Doom the doom the doom the doom the doom the doom creates the aura of professionalism. I would think that somebody would say about Wes, and I know of the different proficiencies of bass players, that wherever I stand in that line, the one thing that stands out about me is that my professionalism. It's not just I can play 30-second note runs mm -hmm. without flaw. That's not what makes me a professional. It's the A, B, C, D, E. Even my reactions to what happens on stage. Right. 
determines how much of a professional. Right. Yes. Yes. My comments about what makes this good or bad determines my professionalism. Right. My ability. Now you write a chart. And I get to a certain point and I see, yeah, it really should be an F share. Not an F. But you wrote it as an F. Right. Now how professional are you to handle it? Listen, hey man, when well you know this is supposed to be. Oh, wait, wait, man, maybe I just forgot. But not only that, yeah. you might want it to be F. Right. Maybe I heard that. that that's what I had straight. Maybe I heard the F. No, but the main thing is like, hey man, look, either way, it's how you approach the person. How you re- it ain't what happens to you. We talked about this earlier. Yeah. It's how you react to, to what happens to you. Right. Especially on. See, music is so magical. It's one of the few things I was in church today, and the, and the minister said something about Jesus and magic, and what he was speaking to was that Jesus don't accept magic. What he does is not magic; it's what Jesus does. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. Right. And 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 all these other folk that perform these poofs and. That's magic. But Jesus don't do magic. But music is magical. It's medicinal. It's creative. It does so many different things to different people. It has folk with with some of the most serious ills in this world turn to music. My guest has been Wes Sugar Biles, upright and electric bassist located here in the DMV area. Hope you've enjoyed my conversation with him as we touched on his story from Nashville to Washington, D.C., and also his views on professionalism. Please check out my website at www.glendouglasmusic.com. That's www glennouglasmusic.com for more information regarding the Musicians Real Talk podcast or you can go to www.buzzsprout.com backslash 165732 and remember music is God's gift to the world it is not your invention thank you for listening